Hey guys, it's Simmy and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Friday and we're here with the wrestling wrap up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy to watch video. As far as today's show does go, we do have one, two, and a half, three, four, five and a half stories. Two of them kind of go together. That's why I didn't say six. We have five and a half ish stories to talk about. We're talking about what's going on with Matt Riddle and his suspension. His supposed suspension and rehab stint. We're going to talk about Sasha Banks and her negotiations that didn't go well with WWE. What's going on with Naomi? Mandy Rose being fired from WWE. Can WWE sell? And more. Because again, this is the wrestling wrap-up. Every Monday and Friday morning, right here at live, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. And then posted for you guys to watch later, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Or listen on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of the different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating li uh, Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime or access to anybody's Amazon Prime account, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and they always give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I greatly appreciate it if you did right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also, remember, if you're watching on YouTube, you can head over there and become a channel member. Hit that join button to become a channel member. You get early access to news, early access podcast episodes, early access non-news videos, and so much more. Also, remember, you can get all of that by heading over to patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming a free game or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys, or Rumbleverse, use our code PWUnlimited at checkout and you will be directly supporting us right here at no extra cost to you. Again, use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. It support us right here for free. Well, Technically for free. No extra cost if you're already buying stuff. But with that, as far as the news does go, the first one we're going to talk about, and like we thought, <sighs> there's been three big news stories this week. Technically two, and then one kind of like development on a big news story from last week. So we're going to first start by talking about one of the bigger stories that dropped at the beginning of the week, and that has to do with Matt Riddle. So as we saw last week on Friday, or on Monday Night Raw, Matt Riddle was written off television. We then learned that Matt Riddle was written off of television because, well, he was sent to rehab and suspended for the second time this year. Yes, suspended for the second time this year. The first time was on kind of just whatever suspension, but it seems like... Riddle's second one was taken a lot more serious by the company as Riddle has reportedly failed two drug tests in the last, I want to say, six to seven months. Now, in a report from Bodyslam.net and Cassidy Haynes, they stated that a source close to the situation noted that Riddle failed a drug test, was suspended, written off television, and sent to rehab. Now, there's some conflicting things with that. 
As in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, Dave Meltzer expanded somewhat on the situation and provided some updates. Meltzer reported that WWE has not commented on the story nor responded to any questions on it. They have not either confirmed yet nor denied the Riddle rehab story as well, which is the most interesting part that people have asked. They didn't get a yes, but they also didn't get a no, that's not true. If the story is true, it would go against WWE's known drug testing policy, which is all drug test failures have to be announced publicly. And also, the first offense should be a 30-day suspension. Riddle was not technically suspended for 30 days. His match at SummerSlam was just pushed back, even though he still appeared on the show. Meltzer pointed out that Riddle didn't wrestle from July uh, from May 20th to July 25th. That's less than 30 days, and he didn't wrestle. Still appeared. According to the policy, the second offense should garner a 60-day suspension plus mandatory rehab. However, WWE also announced on TV that Riddle will be out of action for six weeks after his, quote, attack from Solo Sokoa. Now, it is possible for someone to be sent to rehab upon the first offense if the person or the company makes that decision. However, Meltzer states, quote, either WWE has secretly changed their policy or something just doesn't add up. WWE hasn't again confirmed or denied this story, which is the most interesting part. If it's not true, deny it. Deny it, deny it, deny it. Meltzer also mentioned that, quote, one source close to Riddle denied the story and said that the reasoning for Riddle being off is because of the pressure of going through a divorce. However, Meltzer stated that sources closest to Riddle won't comment on the story. It was the, quote, talk and belief of the talent in WWE that he was going to rehab, hence the reason for his release. Also, according to Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful, he did send out a, a tweet stating, quote, I'd heard the body slam story was accurate and saw a lot of stuff to back it up. So there we go. There is some slight conflicting things here, but at the same time, most things are all leading to the same thing, that he's been suspended and most likely sent to rehab. So we'll see where this all does go. They keep saying six weeks, six weeks, six weeks. Six weeks would be the week before the Royal Rumble, getting back just in time. And if this is the second offense, though, 60 days. Not 30 days. Or how many days is 60? Alexa. And it's not going to want to work because my internet from last night. Alexa, how many days is six weeks? Oh, it's not going to want to work. That's Google. Okay, Google. How many days is six weeks? Oh, this bullshit ain't going to want to work either. When you get all these smart devices... And none of them want to freaking work. Oh, now my phone just locked itself up. Are you kidding me? Let's try this one more time. Let's try this one more time. Let's take it off the Wi-Fi. Take it off the Wi-Fi. I probably could just do the damn math. But, okay, Google. How many days is six weeks? Not even 60 days if this is the second offense. 42 days. I don't know if you guys heard that or not. 42 days. Let's still, if this is the second offense... Still not enough days per their policy. Uh, Rob Bubba, I had some family things come up Wednesday evening, so I was not able to do the winter's coming review. But the first one, not 30 days. Second one, 
not 60 days. What the hell? Like Meltzer said, unless they've quietly changed their policy, we'll see how this all does go. Most of these... So, here's the interesting one to me. is If they sent him to rehab, most of those rehabs that they would send him to that I would be aware of are 30-day inpatient programs. So, maybe this is the first... And what Body Slam was stating was the first may not have been exactly a failed drug test or something, or he popped for something that's like borderline and they couldn't technically suspend for it because maybe the amount, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to just, you know, I don't know, but it seems like maybe this could be the first. And so he's in like a, if it's all true that he got sent to rehab, he's in a, 30-day inpatient rehab program, and then we'll be back shortly after that. Because again, we don't know, again, if he was sent to rehab, we don't know the exact date he would have started. The rumor on Monday was that the belief was that he had already started. So we'll continue to follow the story. It's a very, very, very interesting one. And I think it was, Body slam in their initial report said that they asked WWE what it was that he could have failed for, and all they said was, We don't test for marijuana anymore. So it's something that they don't want to say. They don't want to say. And I'm not even going to speculate. There's a couple things running in my head that I think it could be, but I'm not going to speculate without knowing because I don't have facts to back it up. So I'm not going to speculate someone did something that I don't even have factual information to back up. But as we move forward, another news story that broke this week that was pretty, pretty big has to do with the firing of one Amanda Sacamano, Sacamando, Sacamando, former Mandy Rose. She's no longer with WWE. Word came out Wednesday morning that Mandy Rose, the former NXT Women's Champion, was fired by WWE after posting, I guess you could say, sexual in nature photos on her fan time account, which is behind a paywall. These photos did not fall in line with WWE's policies of what they would like their WWE superstars to portray themselves as, whether that is in or out of WWE. The initial report also stated that, well, actually, an update to the initial report also stated that this was something that WWE was weary that if their partners no, or sponsors found out about could upset them and then they would want to pull and this and that. And also, another interesting tidbit in that original Fightful article or report was that Mandy had told people previously, you know, this, this stuff I'm posting could get me in trouble with WWE. Well, Fightful has another update on the story stating, quote, in the days since Mandy Rose was released by WWE, we've learned more about the situation that led up to it. We're told that things seem, quote, very hasty as it relates to Mandy Rose losing the NXT title Tuesday. Fightful got word about 15 minutes before NXT went on the air that that word was that a major title switch was going to happen with Mandy dropping the title. Those close to Mandy Rose claimed that she was in good spirits at the NXT show Tuesday night, as well as immediately following the release. Obviously, She's going to be fine from a financial standpoint. 
JC Jane and Gigi Dolan, who Mandy had been in a stable with for over a year, had several looks on the WWE's main roster and were told that long impressed were told they'd had long impressed people of influence. However, we'd not learned of any advanced plans to bring Mandy back to the main roster. Mandy Rose was one of many WWE talent that were signed to a new five-year deal in 2019, which means that she had nearly two years left on her contract at the time of the release. There were some WWE sources that were at least trying to leak that Mandy had requested her release two weeks ago, but so far, we've not been able to give any indication on if that's true or not. So, it looks like some are trying to say Mandy wanted out, and then some are trying to say, no, we, you know, she was fired because of the fan time stuff. It's like, man, there's a lot of these different guys. There's only fans. There's fan time. There's brand armoring. You can just do a Patreon. Like, there's so many different ways to start a, a paywall paid subscription service. And it's like, man, can't even keep up with some of them now. But as far as Mandy does go, Tommy Dreamer actually spoke on a busted open radio saying that he believes that Impact Wrestling would be a company that would be interested in Mandy Rose. And, well, he works with Impact, so maybe he's got some knowledge of them already being interested. Let me... I was trying to pull up the quote from Tommy Dreamer, but now it's not wanting to go. Uh, Dreamer stated, quote, on Busted Open Radio, Yes, if she doesn't go to AEW, 1,000% Impact would love to have you. Because you're a star, and you're great in the ring. And if AEW doesn't jump on that, hell, Impact will. Hey, Mandy Rose, call me, text me, DM me. Again, that was Tommy Dreamer, who has a backstage role within Impact on Busted Open Radio, saying, we'd want ya, we'd want ya. Again, not more information has come out since that initial report, other than what we just read from the latest Fightful update. Again, JC Jane and Gigi Dolan are expected to be remaining as a tag team, possibly being called up to the main roster, maybe staying in NXT a little bit longer, but all this Mandy stuff, from everything I've heard, should not affect either JC Jane or Gigi Dolan. Whether they still remain toxic attraction, I don't know. I would assume they do, especially if they're just going to remain as a tag team. But moving forward, Mandy Rose, done with WWE. Someone that's not done with WWE, but just likes to show up sporadically is Brock Lesnar. We had word last week that Brock Lesnar is penciled in for a match with Gunther at next year's WrestleMania. And we may have a little bit of an update on that potential matchup as well as possibly others. More details have emerged on WWE's plans for WrestleMania 39 following reports that Brock Lesnar vs. Gunther is penciled in for the event. WrestlingNews.co previously stated that the Dream Match is currently penciled in for the April 2023 event, with the Beast reportedly set to square off with the Intercontinental Champion, but not knowing if the title would be on the line or not. Gunther could drop the title in the next four to five months. Gunther could drop the title tonight to Ricochet. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, though, Dave Meltzer stated that this bout is, quote, far from finalized, writing the following. Regarding stories that the WrestleMania card is finalized, we are told that there are multiple ideas for WrestleMania cards in discussion, and every top act has multiple and different things under discussion right now. There were a lot of reports this week regarding Lesnar vs. Gunther, but that is far from finalized. As noted before, the idea of Reigns vs. Rhodes one night 
and Reigns versus Dwayne Johnson, another was talked about internally, but I don't expect that to happen either. But anything can happen because things probably aren't going to be finalized for about five more weeks, depending upon many different things, such as a final word on whether or not Johnson will or will not show show as well as other celebrities and top spots have to be adjusted based on that. So you would think anything with Roman to be finalized leading into Royal Rumble on January 28th. That's the one big one. Anything with Roman, as far as him and the title, needs to be finalized going into the Rumble because you got to get his challenger. The winner of the Rumble would seemingly challenge Roman Reigns for the WWE Undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship or one or the other. We still don't know. And that's the big question is, could they have Roman defend both titles? Yes. Will they? I'm leaning on the side and no, because of the Becky Lynch stuff. Remember, when Becky won both the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships at WrestleMania 35, they treated her as two separate champions. They treated Becky not as one undisputed champion, but as both the Raw Women's Champion and the SmackDown Women's Champion defending the title separately immediately. If you remember, Money in the Bank comes she defends the title, loses it to Charlotte Flair, and then the Bailey stuff. Bailey wins Money in the Bank, cashes in, takes the title from Charlotte, this, that, bada boom. With Roman, it's always just been one defense, one defense, undisputed, undisputed, undisputed. So that's where I'm on the fence of will he defend both titles? I don't think so. I don't think so because we've already seen a double champion defend both. And be treated as such as far as two different titles. Roman, again, and I'm, I'm repeating myself, has always been treated as just a champion. A la Chris Jericho, 2001, when he became the Undisputed Champion, beating both The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the same night of vengeance. So, it's like a that situation. When Jericho had both belts, he was just the Undisputed Champion. He wasn't both the WWE champion and the WCW champion at the same time. He was just the undisputed WWE champion carrying both belts around. And then Triple H beat him at WrestleMania. They gave Triple H one belt. He lost. It eventually went to Brock. Stephanie made it exclusive to SmackDown and Bischoff gave Triple H the big gold, but that's a whole different story. One that we might, that's an interesting one that we might dive into one day. It's like a history thing. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. So as far as WrestleMania does go, it looks like nothing is, quote, finalized. And as Meltzer stated, quote, far from finalized. Now, as we move on, I'm going to shuffle some of these stories around really fast. There was a story going around this week about Vince McMahon. So, Tuesday, the Nine Lives of Vince McMahon documentary comes out on Vice, and it's not all that great. It's just a lot of reused footage from Dark Side of the Ring. But, on that same day, a new Wall Street Journal article came out with a couple interesting news tidbits. First off, we learned that Rita Chatterton, who back in 1992 stated that Vince McMahon, quote, basically forced himself on her back in the 80s, is now 
He's suing Vince and wants $11 million. Also, a massage, I guess you could say massage parlor manager from Los Angeles, from California has now come out saying that Vince forced himself on her and now she's possibly suing. But Vince says he's not paying either of those because they were so long ago, apparently. Yet the biggest thing to come out of that was that Vince is telling people that he intends to return to WWE. He stated that he got bad advice as far as stepping down from the company and thinks that everything would have, has, and will just blow over, and he's good to come back. Yet, I don't think that's possible. Vince was more forced out than it was his decision. I think he was made to think it was his decision, so he didn't, like, fight it as hard. Yet, even though Vince is no longer CEO, chairman, running creative, he still does have some power in WWE, as Dave Meltzer did write in this week's Wrestling Observer newsletter. The first is that as long as McMahon is looking at returning, the company can't be sold. If the company is sold, he would have no power to return. Now, talking about this more specifically, Meltzer wrote, his power is because he is both the largest shareholder in the company and, more importantly, the way his shares are determined as far as voting voting goes that he put together when the company went public to make sure he could never be voted out of power. McMahon owns 37.6% of WWE as of this past summer, but because his stock is determined dif- uh, differently than other stock, he controls 80% of the voting power. So, in looking at that, if Nick Khan says, we finally did what we needed to do, we got the the spending of this company down, we look good as far as money we're bringing in revenue-wise, let's try and sell. Hey, Disney, hey, NBC Universal, who wants to buy? And if someone snags the line, Vince can go, no, uh-uh, it ain't happening. I veto it. He can veto it. He literally can't because he's got 80 percent of the voting power if Vince just one day goes now Vince can't just one day go I'm coming back that's different but if the company is to be sold because it is a public company people with voting power can vote against it and Vince has the most voting power 80 percent again I don't believe that Vince will come back in either a CEO, chairman, or creative role. But Vince still does have some power over this company for certain things. And is still making money off this company for his you know stock and all that. So not much more to that one. It's just a very interesting story because, well, Vince thinks he can come back. And most say that, no, he really can't. Now, somebody else that did leave WWE, one of their biggest, I guess you could say, production guys. The guy that everybody thought was going to take over for Kevin Dunn. Michael Mansuri left WWE a few years ago. And as he was the vice president of global television production for the company, basically right under Kevin Dunn. Many always thought if Kevin Dunn ever leaves or is forced out of WWE, this guy would take over. But then he left. He left, 
and he went to work for the Pat McAfee show. He then left and went and worked for one championship in Singapore. Now, he has been hired by All Elite Wrestling, and it looks like this is something that not only AEW wanted, but Warner Brothers Discovery as well, as Dave Meltzer wrote the following in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. The company made a major hire this week with Michael Mansuri as the new senior vice president and co-executive producer with Tony Khan going forward. He started on this week's television. Part of the deal is that Warner Brothers Discovery and Khan had decided to change the look of the show. The plan changes are to go into effect in January at some point. Mansuri worked with WWE from 2009 until quitting the company back in May of 2020. He got promotion after promotion and was named Vice President of Global Television Production in 2006. So it looks like Mansuri was brought in to help change up the feel and the look of Dynamite. Both Tony Khan and West, uh, not Wrestling Observer, both Tony Khan and Warner Brothers Discovery felt that it was time for a change. And let's see where they go. I mean, WWE usually changes things up, whether that's from the stage or a filming aspect production kind of thing every three to five years and dynamite's been around for what three years now so it's kind of like time to change things up i'm not saying dynamite's getting stale i don't even think they feel that dynamite is becoming stale or rampage or dark or elevation or any of that but it's more of hey we eventually need to change something so let's bring in this guy who's got the experience of working in wrestling production television and all this other stuff and see what he has to say and see what he can do. And now he's basically running the shows with Tony Khan. Again, he started this week and his, any changes that he is looking to make will go into effect at some point in January. Now we don't know if that's going to be, you know, right away in January, January 4th, whether that's going to be the LA show in January on January 11th, Maybe the Fresno show that I'm going to be at on January 18th could be the first one that they change things up at. We'll have to wait and see. But this is a very interesting one because I love production stuff like this. So when a company changes their graphics, changes the logo, changes the stage, changes the, the lighting, the colors, anything kind of excites me because I'm like, oh, yeah, I like the way they did that. Or, oh, they should have done this differently. Just for me, having a production background, slight one. I mean, I've helped different conventions and stuff with production as far as graphics and setting up staging stuff and, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I do have a slight background with production. So this kind of stuff really excites me, I guess you could say. Maybe others are like, eh, they're just going to make Dynamite look different. Whatever. I don't care. Cool. Different things excite different people. Whenever WWE changes up like the stage and the graphics and everything, that always excites me. So if Dynamite's going to change up maybe their graphics or maybe change up the stage or, or something, I'm all for it. I'm all for it because you never want to be the same all the time because, hey, changes may be coming here graphics-wise in, in January as well. As we move forward, we kind of got a two-parter for our final story. It has to do with Sasha Banks no longer with WWE. Now, we've heard all the news and the rumors and the stories. Sasha Banks is going to work for New Japan. Sounds like this could be like the first female signing that I know of with New Japan Pro Wrestling, at least in the modern era. The word is that she is not with WWE anymore as far as as of January 1st. 
She will be at the Tokyo Dome show, and she is getting paid a bunch of money to work with New Japan for multiple dates in 2023. Fightful, though, has an update on this story, stating, quote, Sasha Banks, a.k.a. Mercedes Vernado, has been the subject of much speculation. However, we finally gained some clarity on some details. It was confirmed to Fightful that Mercedes' WWE exit was negotiated months ago, likely when Wrestling Inc.'s Raj Geary reported as much. However, WWE has yet to officially confirm this as she still remains listed on the company's official website as a current roster member. It was also reiterated to us that Sasha Banks was able to take wrestling-related bookings starting on January 1st, something Fightful reported in the past months. When we asked if that was, quote, contractual, we were told that it was. And we're informed that WrestleCade was far from the only wrestling-related operation to make attempts to book her with other conventions that those close to her claimed were interested. We're told that conventions went to the great lengths to be able to book her before January 1st, but it just couldn't happen. Beyond that, we were also informed that the New Japan Pro Wrestling deal is a go, and was agreed upon as far back as last week of no- the last week of November. Those that we've spoke to familiar with this deal said that they haven't heard of anything regarding All Elite Wrestling and Mercedes yet, but also stated that that doesn't mean it isn't happening. So basically, the gist of it was when Vince was around, she left. They tried to bring her back, and they couldn't come to a deal. Then when Triple H and Stephanie and Nick Khan took over, they tried to negotiate another deal, and they couldn't come come together on money. And that's why the two sides, I guess you could say, agreed to, to go their separate ways. And Dave Meltzer did talk about this in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, stating, quote, The deal is with New Japan, but would include one date for stardom. That would be for a show that is expected in April, but the company had planned for the biggest show in its history, which will tentatively be announced on the 1229 at the Stardom Sumo Hall show. Bushi Road is hoping that Banks' large social media following will help her and help the public perception of the company, as Meltzer stated. Their belief is that with 5.6 million Instagram followers and 2.4 million Twitter followers, far more than any of their talent, that she has a gigantic mainstream appeal. The Voices of Wrestling actually stated that she's on a per-appearance deal and getting paid more money on that deal than anybody else that's ever been on a per-appearance deal, including Chris Jericho. Meltzer would then go on to state that Jericho was making $100,000 an appearance, and Jericho actually refuted that on Twitter, stating, quote, For the record, the money I reportedly made during my run with New Japan from 2018 to 2020 online currently is completely wrong. I never had a flat per-appearance deal. I was paid according to the event, and I made more per event than I did for most of my WrestleMania matches. Now, sources close to the situation also confirm Banks' agreement is a huge per event deal. Now, as far as Banks' negotiations with WWE over the summer and reaching an agreement to become a free agent in 2023 is all because she wanted more money. Meltzer wrote, quote, She was said to be seeking a number along the levels of Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, and those internally have said she wasn't offered numbers close to that. They've said 
that she's not seen internally as somebody who would be on top for the next five years. Now, in thinking of how much money Sasha or Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair make, last I heard, which is about a year ago, they were each making at least a million each, at least. And I don't know if they've renegotiated new deals since then, if they've you know got pay raises or bumps since then, but if she's seeking at least what Becky and Charlotte were making, then she's going to want at least a million a year. And WWE apparently didn't feel like she was worth a million a year. Now, when you talk about Sasha Banks, the one thing that people keep kind of just forgetting is Naomi walked out too. Naomi walked out too. And we do have a slight update on Naomi's status. As an update has now emerged on Naomi's WWE status following reports about Sasha Banks' relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Following initial reports that Sasha Banks is expected to appear for New Japan at Wrestle Kingdom 17, many have started asking what's going on with Naomi. Per Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, he noted that Naomi originally wanted to return to WWE with Sasha Banks, as Meltzer stated, quote, Regarding Trinity Fod 2, Naomi, who left with Banks and nothing has been said about her. We're told that she has to make a decision. Originally, she wanted to come back with Banks as a tag team and was told that her decision would be to sit at home, to go elsewhere. Her contract was about to expire when she left, although they could freeze it and force her back for a very short period of time, but they wouldn't seem to be doing so or return without Banks. So she's got three things. Leave, come back alone, well, let me reread this because, yeah, sit home and wait for a contract to expire and just be done. Or leave and don't come back. Well, well, that's that's the one. Leave and don't come back. Come, It's very complicated because it's like, why is nobody talking about Naomi? What is going on with Naomi? Are we just waiting for January 1st when all the Sasha stuff blows over and then we'll hear Naomi news? I, that's the one that's got me the most intrigued is what's going on with Naomi? We see her with Banks at appearances, but we don't hear anything on what she's doing or what she wants to do or what she could and can do. Again, we know that her contract was supposed to be up over in the summer and that they were going to renegotiate a new deal and that she wanted to stay with WWE, but had Sasha's back. So as far as Naomi does go, we still don't know exactly what's going on with her. That's kind of like a very odd one that we haven't heard anything especially with how much we've heard about Sasha Banks but with that guys that's everything we got today for the wrestling wrap up again remember it's Friday so that means tonight is Friday night Smackdown as long as no family stuff happens I should be good to go for the review tonight again I do apologize for not doing a winter is coming review but I had some family things come up about halfway through that show. I watched the whole show, but had to head over to my mother's house. And yeah, it, it was a thing. Nothing, nothing bad, but it was just it was just a thing that needed to get taken care of and handled. But tonight's SmackDown. And so far, four things have been announced for tonight's Friday Night SmackDown. So let's pull up WWE's. WWE's preview here for SmackDown. As again, 
one, two, three, four things have been announced for the show. First off, we do know that Roman Reigns will be appearing. And according to Jey Uso, this could be a very, very big night for Sami Zayn. Remember, Jay told him last week, hey, Roman going to be in Chicago. So it could be a big night for you. Trim the beard, cut the hair. But Cole even stated on the Pat McAfee show today, could be a big night for old Sami Zayn. Also, we do know that there will be a triple threat tag team match as the Viking Raiders take on Hit Row and Legado del Fantasma. In the first of two title matches, Damage Control, EO Sky, and Dakota Kai will be defending the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships against both Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox. And finally, the Intercontinental Championship will be on the line when Gunther defends against the winner of the SmackDown World Cup on Fox, Ricochet. But with that, these four things, the only four things that have so far been announced for tonight's Friday Night Smackdown. With that, guys, that's all I've got for you. Thank you for watching. If you're watching live, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. Or if you're watching or listening later, whether that's youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. We'll see you back here live tonight for Friday Night Smackdown. Have a good one, guys. We'll see you next time.